0: To the Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN
1: 1000. 100.3
2: HD2. And
1: the ESPN Chicago app.
2: Ready for the power play?
1: You're listening to The Hockey Show on ESPN Chicago. on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. Blackhawks kick off a three-game in four night New York excursion. Rangers tonight, Islanders tomorrow, Devils on Tuesday. Uh, basically, a recruiting weekend for Patrick Kane. That,
0: that's what you want on the heels of an eight-game losing streak. Yeah, go out to New York, have some fun with the boys. I, it, that's that's a rough slate of games. That's a rough slate for three and four days. And yeah. Uh, two of those three teams probably in the market for Patrick Kane, and I love because their fans are so annoying on Twitter that the Rangers are not one of them. They've been talking about Patrick Kane for a year. Yes, they have. The way that they're going right now, why would he agree to a trade to go play for a team struggling for a wild-card spot?
1: Th- this is true. This is true. But that, that could change a little bit in the next month or so. It could. They look kind of broken to me. The Rangers look kind of broken.
0: I, it's just, And I don't know that... Inserting Patrick Kane is going to fix what ails them.
1: So we'll
0: see what happens. Well, we know
1: pairing him with Panarin is almost oh that that works. instant
0: yeah like chemistry. they're are soulmates. But they yeah. you know they don't really have great centers, and you know the young guys that they drafted high Kratsov, Kako, Lafrenier, I, I mean that's kind of over three in top ten picks because uh, those guys I would say one level or another they're are you already bust. giving
1: up on them you think they're busts
0: already i mean they've played a lot of nhl games at this point they're all still young but if you look at guys who come in as top you know top two top three picks kratsov i think was nine but the other guy lafreniere was a one he was first overall Kako was second overall you look at what jack hughes is doing who is taking a pick ahead of him in new jersey's lighting it up and those guys i think maybe combined for like 10 goals so it, it, at some point you got to just call it what it is, and it, and I think all Ranger fans and Ranger personnel would have expected more from those guys at this point. And if they were the key pieces coming back in a in a package for Patrick Kane, I'd be like, well, you better gas it up because that's not enough.
1: No, I agree. I thought they they were pretty good in the playoffs last year. I thought they grew, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the young players, yeah. in that series and, and the series. in the Pittsburgh series, Pittsburgh yeah. series, yeah,
0: and it, but you know they also had my my boy. The goalie, the worst goalie in the league, that you know, he came in and the, I bet the I bet the Rangers series price instantly when they were down three one because Louis Domingue was going to be the goalie. So I think that I think they did play better and they did they did they didn't look out of place in the rest of that series. But I mean, they got they all have over a hundred NHL games at this point, and right. may, may, maybe with the exception of Kratzoff, and they're just not doing it. So. Um, Yeah, and that's the thing where it's like it brings us back to our discussion about the Blackhawks. Just because you have a couple of top picks in a row doesn't mean that it's going to work out necessarily.
1: No, absolutely not. And look, the Rangers, also their success is because they've attracted the Adam Foxes Mm -hmm. and the Panerans of the world because on paper they look like a team that was ready to take another step. Do you think Patrick's going to be serenaded at MSG tonight? Do you think we'll get... You know, Patrick. Kane. I, I bet you we'll get a little bit of that.
0: That'll will be tough. I, I'm just not ready to let go. I know it's like it feels more inevitable than it did even a month ago that he's going to be on his way out of town. But I'm not ready. Like, I don't. There's there's not a team where I look out where it's like yeah, he'll look good in a Ranger uniform. He'll look good in a Bruins uniform. I just don't. It's like all like I close my eyes. I want to vomit. Like I want to vomit at the thought. And cry at the same time. So I, I hope we'll see what,
1: what what shakes out. But this is not uh, I, I, this trip is going to be hard to okay, stomach. So if you're already this way in in early December, Ugh. what what is going to happen to Chief when we're approaching that trade deadline and the rumors are flowing on a daily basis? And you're in your head trying to picture him in whatever uniform it is that the latest rumor yeah. has. Are you going to be all right? Are we going to have to do wellness checks on you? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we, uh, we have a, an office therapist at Barstool
0: that helped with uh, White Sox Dave with his White Sox issues, which are many. And I think I might just go and have a little session because I hate change. And uh, this is, going to, be, this is well, going to be a big change.
1: This is going to be a big change. So uh, the Blackhawks in New York on this night to take on the Rangers, they've actually been their chief since Thursday.
0: The boys are going to have some fun.
1: The boys had the rookie dinner on Thursday night. I always love to know, like, what the give – me, give me the total on what that was. I, I And I feel like – you know, like, And who yeah. who just went next level with, you know, did Max just order, yeah. you know, every type who, of who's wine. Ringing this, yeah, who's yeah. ringing it up. Yeah, who's ringing
0: it up. Yeah. Very interesting to know. I feel like, you know, in New York is not exactly short on places to have a nice expensive meal. So I don't True. know if they end up at Catch or someplace like that where it – I, I don't know I've been to the catch in Vegas one time and that bill got away from us and it was just four guys hanging out and it was like, oh my goodness like I had to you know curtail myself at the tables the next day because of what I did at dinner the night before so I don't know what they're gonna do, but it's uh they're I'm sure they're having a great time in New York and that's gonna be that's
1: gonna be a five figure tab for sure. Absolutely. So the other thing I want to know because the Ottawa Senators played New York last night so that means Alex to mm-hmm. was in town on Thursday yep did Patty Kane? Alex Dabrinkit, and let's just say an Artemi Panarin. Just Did the, they meet up for a cup get, of coffee?
0: Get the boys back together, get the, the band. Boys.
1: And start, you know, like You're Alex, making, Alex yeah. is talking about, do I resign in Ottawa? Things aren't exactly going swimmingly there as we thought it would go.
0: Yeah, th- I think this is where we pipe in uh, Paul Bissonnette and Ryan Whitney saying sick league. Because that sounds like LeBron and Wade... Planning things out six years in the future isn't that
1: where we're trending? I I yeah. I said to you this past summer, yeah, that the blockbuster moves that were made, Huberto Kachuk, mm-hmm. uh, it felt NBA ish this it really summer did. for the first time. So yeah. may, hey, if there's a little collusion, let let's give the players some power.
0: Let's talk about let's get on. I, I know they're on Zillow. I just want to start hitting them with Zillow Chicago because Chicago in the summer. Don't forget how, how great Chicago oh, no, is oh, in the yeah. summer, and just bring all bring. To bring it back, he hasn't signed anywhere.
1: Bring Kane back, maybe get an asset for him or, or two at the deadline, and then all of a sudden things are looking okay. So the the topic came up on Wednesday night uh, when the Blackhawks hosted McJesus and the Edmonton Oilers with the TNT crew. Whether or not you know with Bissonette, Rick Tockett, Anson Carter, where they think Kane will end up being traded, and here's what the boys had to say. I think it would be such a waste if he didn't end up anywhere. But I guess I can understand. This guy's already won three Stanley Cups. You've already been through all those runs. So maybe at this point you're just like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill out, keep my family in Chicago, and then I'll figure out in the offseason which contender I want to go to. And with that cap hit talk, it's nearly impossible to figure out how to move him without giving out assets that is still going to help you win.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right, because I agree with this. I, I, I think it's too early. I think it's, if, if
2: something's going to happen, obviously his camp's talking to Chicago's camp, the general manager and they're planning something for two months. From now. I don't think anything's going to happen here in the next week. But I think those guys want to win again. They've won three. I don't think they want to just ride the season up playing for the Chicago Blackhawks. Great street, uh, franchise, but obviously not going to win for a long time. And a lot could change in the next
1: couple of weeks too. So I'm with you guys too. I'm going to wait as long as possible to decide what team I'm going to go to and give myself the best chance of winning. Couple things there. When Biz talks about the cap fit, now, yes, on paper, it's $10.5 mm-hmm. But in reality, when we get into February, uh, that contract has shrunk. Right. Two-thirds, three-fourths, what have you. So it could be a $3 million cap hit. Plus they eat 50%. Plus they eat a million and a half. All yeah. of a sudden, you're getting rid of somebody on the f- – again, you could squeeze you, them. You could, yeah. you could get – you, yeah. you'd find a way yeah. to it, make a million a, and a half. It's
0: prorated, and it's a daily number. Sure, and uh, yeah, so, so I th- like
1: it's not impossible. It, it, it's impossible at the beginning of the year unless right. you have somebody on LTIR, mm-hmm. but it's not impossible as we get closer to the deadline.
0: Right, and and I think that the, th- the <laughs> finding a trade partner that makes sense for Kane is almost going to be more difficult than someone would be able to afford him because, you know, those same guys plus Whitney on, on chicklets were talking about Boston. And it's just like, how does he make sense to Boston? Like, obviously everybody would want him, but like they don't have anything to give back. So Kane would have to basically force his way there. They'd have to, they, Boston specifically would have to move out some pieces. So it, teams are up against the cap. Not everybody has a ton to, to, to give away in assets. Boston, you know, only they have their first round pick and one notable prospect. So the amount of teams that make sense that where Kane has to approve, the Hawks have to be able to reach a deal of some kind, and they have to be able to fit them under the cap. It, it's, it's, I think it's going to be a pretty short list.
1: It uh, is. I think it's going to, for Kane, I think it's going to be Claude Jeruish.
0: Yeah, right? Which they got a nice haul for. They got him. a good yeah. haul
1: for for one dance partner in right. Florida, right? Yeah. But but the key the key is Pat Brisson working quietly mm-hmm. with Kyle Davidson because once word on the street is he only wants to go here and you're the that destination right. spot. I'm not offering you what Florida offered uh Philly I, I, for I Claude. I still Drew. don't
0: know why Florida did cuz like everybody kind of knew and it was almost they, like Florida's like, "Well, But did,
1: did everybody I mean, you didn't think there was Maybe one other partner. I, I- from, from what everybody said,
0: it was Giroux made it known that it was Florida or bust. And that was like, so it, it, at, on deadline day, it, it seemed like, it was like, well, are they going to be able to get something done? And at that time, I had like a, a source in their organization. And they're like, yeah, like we're close. But they were working on a couple other things and trying to make sure they could fit everything. And they ultimately, like they made the move for Giroux. And I, I would say that they overpaid. Like they vastly overpaid. Well, they
1: overpaid if everyone in the world know, knew that there was only one landing totally. spot for him. Yeah, but so he, I mean, even, that's kind of my yeah. that's my concern from a Blackhawks big picture standpoint. Right. That if it, word gets on the street that he wants to go to the Devils, wh- whatever the case may be, that you know the 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 price for him is going to come way down because yeah. they know they're only dealing with one suitor.
0: Yeah. So, and, and they and Patrick Kane can force that too, and and then everybody knows, and it's like, hey, like we'll give you a second round pick and a mid level prospect, and take it or leave it, and then and it becomes a thing where it's like, hey, Pat,
1: out like, of principle, I, I yeah,
0: I don't know, it's I'm me, not ma-
1: giving him up for it. I I uh, guess the second round, I could get to Brink it in a second, like I, it, it yeah,
0: that's unlikely. But then it's like, well, if Patrick Kane really wants to go to a place and you want to do right by him right then it's like yeah i guess you kind of just have to take your medicine and get and give him what he wants cuz he's kind of earned that and then hope to have good relations to the point that you can attract him back in the summer Be like hey you had another playoff run why don't you just come back here and we'll and you know for a much lower number and yeah. see, we see what Bernard, happens we got Bernard.
1: we got fantilli we yeah. got whatever now we're now signing it. we're, we're going to pick a <laughs> yeah we're going to pick a center for you right yeah i mean there are you know yeah. there are conspiracy theories that to debrinkit Still kept his membership at the club he belongs to on the North Shore. Okay. There is talk that, you know, Kaner's big big picture plans is is to he and Amanda, Patty Boy, to end up here in Chicago down the road. No when down the road is, yeah. Who knows? But
0: maybe it's June. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so, that would, I, that would be could, great yeah. Chief, I could see you being a real estate agent and somehow working between bar stool and real estate yeah. agent and if you're not doing red line radio you're taking you know player yeah. X on a, on a tour of well you know. I think you and I have the same mortgage guy man we can all get there together we we'll have a meeting we'll have a recruitment
0: pitch and then we'll bring the number to Davidson be like this is what it is we got Kane back for you and this is what we want in exchange for doing that because I no one wants him here more than, more than me and I can lend him out for a couple of months. But I, I do I have these like kind of flashbacks where remember the Red Sox were going to do that, John yeah. Lesser, they trade him to Oakland and then they they put the full court press on. And he's just like, you know what? Once I left it was it was not the same. And then he's ultimately signed with the Cubs and it worked right. out great for us here. But it's like that's like the the fear in the back of my head that once he gets a taste of it somewhere else, he it's like, you know what, those Blackhawks franchise records, they don't really matter that much to me.
1: Yeah, I, I just think they're <sighs> I think right now they're even further away from him than he ever imagined because of the team he's he's with. Even the line that he's and with. And the line he's yeah. with. So let's get into that. By the way, a couple of elite plays by eighty eight against the Oilers late in that contest that yeah. we gotta talk about gotta talk about Seth Jones and how he handled the two on one. And let's also get into what Biz and Wit and Big Cat talked about. This past week, the debate whether or not Connor McDavid is the most dominant player in professional sports. It's all coming up next. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000, sponsored by the Chicago Wolves.
2: You're listening to the Hockey Show.
1: We are Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. You're listening to the Hockey Show. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN One Thousand, the Hockey Show. This is ESPN One Thousand, Chicago's home for sports. Oh! On line. Here comes McDavid, puts a move on Johnson. McDavid shoots, the scores.
2: What an outstanding pass from Leon Dreisaitl. Hyman, drops the puck ahead. Here's McDavid with Dreisaitl on Hyman. Dreisaitl
1: fires and scores! That was the call on TNT as... Kenny Elbert was behind the mic with the one and only Keith Jones. And Eddie Olchak who will join us in just a little bit here on the Hockey Show. That warms my heart On a ESPN bit. 1000. Uh, with Barstool Chief, I am Pat Boyle. We are sponsored by the Chicago Wolves. And that game on Wednesday night, while it started a little late, plenty of fireworks in the Oilers' 5-4 victory. Eight straight loss for the Hawks. They've dropped 14 of their last 16. Yeah, there's been a couple loser points in there. Uh, before we get to the Hawks side of it, and we'll get into that, my biggest takeaway is that Oilers team has no shot at winning the Stanley Cup as it's currently constituted,
0: which is a shame because it is. The, their top two are as dominant of a top two as I can remember. It's it, in a way, I think it, they're almost probably better than Malkin and Crosby, which is crazy to say out loud, or or even you know at least offensively better than Taves and Kane. Like they're they're. Spectacular hockey players, but they haven't been able to surround them with the right, you know, amount of balance, the right goaltending, the right sand defensemen. And they've they've been trying, and it's like they've been trying to find the right combination of defensemen for a long time. And I feel like they have one. Like I like Darnell Nurse. I think I like Darnell Nurse more than most. Uh, but he, but they just don't have. And it's hard when you have guys with monster cap hits that you really have to nail the draft. And they haven't. So they've been constantly searching for that right goaltender. I feel like they've cycled through four or five the last several years and uh, they just can't do it. So it's, yeah, I think, I think you're on the money. They'll, they'll beat somebody in the first round, winning games, six, three. And then, but when it comes to down to a halt, if they have to play a Dallas or a Colorado who
1: can keep up with them, they're going to be in trouble. Look, the fact that the Blackhawks have scored five and four goals against them in the last two meetings tells you all you really need to know. Yeah, I mean, and it's not
0: exactly. If you're giving up goals to the Hawks, yeah, what, what yeah. is Colorado going to do? That's
1: that? a problem. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into that game a little bit. We're talking about Patrick Kane in our first segment. Uh, the, the, the plays he made in in the final couple minutes. That pass that he made to Max Domi after the takeaway from CeCe, Yep. Uh, I, I don't know I mean you can say eyes in the back of the head he the head never looked behind him I mean it's it's absolutely instinctive I don't know how the, this guy does it, it he, it's it's a galaxy brain
0: yeah. like he's just he's omniscient. You know, he just knows everything all the time, knows where everybody is and where or at least knows where people should be. And I think maybe that's part of his frustration right now is he's like, I know where you're supposed to be and you're not there. But in that situation, he knew that, you know, on that maybe they had something drawn up or where Domi's supposed to go after the draw. And he got that puck and fired it, you know, no look backhand right on his tape for a
1: tap in cookie goal. It was Pure Patrick Kane, and I loved every second. And then that. he follows it up in the final seconds, mm-hmm. below the goal line, defender in his way, and he sauces it perfectly to Radish, and you know Radish couldn't elevate over Skinner. But I mean, that's where during the Cup run, somebody would have knocked that in, right? You that, know, like that
0: Sharpie, that yeah, some, somebody hoses, somebody's right. getting on the end of that. Right. And that's a goal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we're all talking about the comeback last night. Yeah.
0: And and that is the thing. That was, you know, the big difference. Like, last night was kind of like it was fun when they were coming back, but it was a surprise where – in the glory days it was like you were never shocked you were never out of a game you're down for nothing it doesn't matter they're going to come back and win like that's just always how it right. felt and you got like so i feel like you have these little memories of flashes of things happening this year and and that's why i got to hold on to killer yeah. because it's like i i want some of that and and he was he like i'll never get tired of watching that guy
1: i'll no. never get tired of it and he was he was spectacular although was you've watched him so much over the 16 seasons tell me if you're like myself where I'm not going to get, you know, David Hobb, body language, you know, Mm -hmm. Jay Cutler, all that stuff thing. But I can tell when he's completely engaged in a game and he's got a little jump in that first step or two and when he's frustrated. And I've seen more of Patrick frustrated in recent weeks because, quite frankly, the numbers and the production, he can tolerate the losing and whatnot, but he has fun. Playing the game, but he has fun producing in the game.
0: Well, and I think those two things are always linked for him. Right. Like, and, and it's, you want guys, and that was why it was so special to watch him with Panera and to watch him with Stroman to bring it because it's very rare that you find wingers and in, in, in a center, really almost never as a center for Kane that guy who thinks the game the way that he does, or at least close. Because, like we just said, he's a galaxy brain. Like he knows everything. He knows he's a nerd for the game, knows the game better than anybody. And when you just have, and it's nothing against Anthony C. or Domi, those guys play a certain way. They play a 100 miles an hour, and... Anthony C.U. And it's almost like maybe it's a product of his being such an explosive skater that he never developed anything else because his, his thing is I'm going to take it wide and take it to the net. And if that doesn't work out, well, hopefully we get a goal on the rebound chaos, but he's not going to be a guy to slow it down to the blue line, make plays, fill lanes. And that's what Kaner is like he wants to hit that seam pass. And it seems like those guys just aren't really recognizing that. So
1: I, I, I think you're spot on with the athens C.U. Discussion as far as how he fits, and I think yeah. that's probably why teams, you know, give up on a, players. You he, know, and that's
0: why he's been on a lot of teams. Yeah, that,
1: yeah. It, you know, it, it's like because they they find out what you're finding out here. Yeah, that, yeah, he has speed for days, mm-hmm. and you you can't teach that. But the finish isn't there, right. and it's a lot of one and done. And 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 Patrick plays a completely different game. And how are you going to get him his touches? Right. when it's you're turning the puck over almost. Yeah. Every every time it, he entered the zone,
0: Anthony Seo has a little bit of like League to him, and you never saw League playing with Kane. No, and it's and it's for that reason. So, like I think Anthony Seo is a very nice player. Somebody at the deadline, if they're looking for a bottom six depth scoring, they want to have you know a little bit more skill, a little bit more forecheck speed. He's going to be a great piece to slide in on your third or fourth line. But he's if he's in your top six, you're probably
1: not very good, and the Hawks aren't. Three two on ones for Edmonton on Wednesday night produced three goals. Seth Jones. Uh, defending on the two on ones. You know, for, for being a number one D, for getting paid nine and a half mil a year, uh, he needs to be better yeah. on that. And and like you look at the Yanmark goal, Ryan Eugene Hopkins is a lefty shot coming down the left side, and Yanmark is on the right side mm-hmm. sitting on his one timer. You got to overplay gotta know. the more dangerous yep. pl- player on the ice, and that was Yanmark.
0: I have to have to have to be able to know who's on the ice, read the situation, take plays away. And you know, this is all this has been me beating a dead horse forever. It, his probably his greatest weakness is that transition defense, and it doesn't matter if it's if he's, you know, it doesn't even have to be an odd man situation. He's just not a very explosive backward skater for whatever reason. I can't seem to figure that out cuz it's not like he's not explosive going the other way. Right, he's right. a strong, he's a strong skater, but I think he, you know, he relies too much on his reach and his he, his feet kind of freeze up on him, and and he gets caught reaching, caught looking, and you know and that he, for a guy who's been in the league a long time and has been in you know tough situations. You would expect him to have maybe made some adjustments and, and learned that by now. Uh, but it's still going to be a work in progress. But I, I do, you know, I love Seth Jones, but it's,
1: yeah, like that was, it's it's tough to watch that. The other thing, and we've talked about it, but unless you have the truth serum and and deliver it to Seth, look, he was on Nashville when he got into this league, went to Columbus, you know, they had some sniffs here and there of some it was the second round, of one yeah. Thing, yeah. But you know, I think he came to an original six franchise a because he was going to get a large paycheck, but b I think he wanted to win and he believed the direction that the team was going and the moves that were made that summer. Yep. Well, obviously they've done an about face. They rubbed him, and they <laughs> they absolutely needed to. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he's still not like, what the hell did I get myself yeah. into? So. Like, where do you think his head's at when he's like, I'm a dash three, I'm like, you know, I'm better than this, but, like, I'm out there logging 26 minutes, mm-hmm. playing with a broken thumb, you know, p- uh, paired with a guy who was playing seven minutes for the <laughs> for yeah. Colorado. Yeah. You know, like, not you, nothing yeah. against Jack Johnson, he's been because he's been, yeah. he's been really solid he's a pro. and a pleasant surprise. Yep, he's a pro. But it's not exactly what Seth signed up for.
0: Not at all. And... You know, it's, it is just one of those things where it's like you have to recognize what your role is and change it. And I, that was one of my, I would say, maybe, I don't know if it's a criticism of him or the coaching staff, but like he was all over the place last year, uh, running around, not very efficient in his movement. And some of that is system, some of that is him. And I, I think it's, someone needs to just kind of sit him down and be like, we have to just simplify your game and kind of like build it back. And, and cause when he's really going, he's an impact player. But, Coming back from the thumb injury, it's it's taken him a while to to be the Seth Jones that we know. Other than the goal he had uh, his first game back, but it's just you're those those twenty six minutes. While great that you can that you're logging them, uh, they have to be a, a, a higher quality twenty six minutes. If you're t- going to be making nine and a half.
1: I tell you what, one bright spot on Wednesday against the Oilers was Arvid Soderblom. I thought he was strong. Now look, they hit five or six posts, mm-hmm. so the puck luck was certainly on their side. Uh, like Hyman could have had a hat trick in the first period. Totally. I, I, I was like, I couldn't believe what I was watching yep. as far as the high danger chances. McDavid had a post too Yeah. And, but, yeah. uh, I don't know. are you getting to see a little bit of solder Bloom thinking like there might be something here or are you still like, you know?
0: Yeah. There, there's a foundation at least, you know, and I, we've said on this program before that I'm not the best at evaluating goalies, but he's definitely explosive in the crease. Like he moves, he moves well, especially for a big guy. Um, I think he's, Proven himself that he can be an NHL goalie. I don't know if he's going to be good enough to be a number one on a team with you know genuine playoff cup aspirations. But you know you could do a lot worse than they have. Yeah, <laughs> like they've had worse goalies. So I, I think he's been. Uh, I think he's been fine. Maybe a little bit better than I expected, if I'm being totally honest. But not sold on the future of Arvid Soderblom either.
1: All right. So we got to see McJesus for the second time this year. Uh, he never disappoints. The, the, you know, Edzo chronicled the crazy schedule that the Oilers were going through. They did the three yep. uh, New York teams last week, flew home Monday to play Florida, back on a buggy Tuesday to Chicago, mm-hmm. in Minnesota Thursday night yep. after playing. I mean, like that—that's not easy. Like no. they, they were saying. When they get on a flight, I think Darren Hiltner said, like, it's never less than three hours.
0: I mean, you got to play somewhere else.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want to come mean, here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's your, that's At, your calling I part, think that's right?
0: life in the Pacific Division. So every, everything's a four-hour flight. But, yeah, I mean, it's that team, you know, watching him, he is one of those people. And I've, I've had, not this year, but in previous years, I've seen him in person. And when you see him in person, it... You get an even greater appreciation of the speed because he flies. If you blink, he's gone. Like literally, he'll cross your face if you're not paying attention. And and it's it's I've never seen a skater like him. And the moves he makes at full speed, it, it, and the acceleration with the crossover, he's spectacular.
1: Yeah, and it was on display with yeah. the goal. I mean, Drysaddle makes a, a nice pass to him, and he picks it up from what 160 feet out. Yep, gets that head of steam going, crossover. You, Jack Johnson had no every who would? He does that to everybody who would who can stop? I think he it? did it to McCabe a yeah. couple, you know, back in yeah. I mean, late but October. It,
0: but I, I think Victor Hedman's probably the the best guy one on one, especially in transition. I, I would not bet on Victor Hedman against him. Right? Like, it's just McDavid. It's McDavid's league. It's his league, and, and no one can really stop him once he gets going. And and it's it's honestly it's so fun to watch. And I feel bad for him. We talked about like the flaws in Edmonton, but he, when you look at his playoff numbers. They're off the charts. Yeah. And it's like how how does how does how does McDavid get twelve points in seven games or whatever he had last year against Colorado and they're not there, they're not and then you just look at it and like they're just not there.
1: And look, I don't count the bubble uh, no. as that, that that, you know, the play in series the Hawks were in. But even that, the Oilers had no business losing to the Blackhawks. They're playing no. at home in yep. essence. Yeah. No fans, but at no home. No fans, yeah. but like, you know, yeah. much better talent. Totally. And you know they, they didn't get out of that,
0: Well, they had series. Mike Smith, and we had Crawford and Crawford yeah. played great, and uh, especially as the series went along and it was McDavid still got his he still got his, but it was just it's just never going to be enough with uh, the surrounding talent there so,
1: so biz Wit and Big Cat were talking on chicklets this week about you know who's the most dominant player in pro sports. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're hockey guys, so yeah. you know we we lean a certain way. But is there anybody like Patrick Mahomes is certainly in the discussion. Yeah. Uh, I guess you could say Giannis. Or I, I would believe it or not. I think
0: I would tend to go with the basketball guys, just because even McDavid, he's what's he play twenty two minutes a night, right? So he plays a little over a third of the game. And if you're a basketball player, you're probably playing 40 out of 48, and you're going to touch the ball every single possession. And you really can. One guy, like LeBron, took that Cavs team to the finals, you know, a couple of times. Where they lost to uh, San Antonio, where it's just like they had no business. Like he was the their only guy, but he was so dominant, and you just can't really get that in hockey. It is much more of a team game. So pure dominance, I'd probably lean with Giannis or, or LeBron or, like, a big basketball guy.
1: Coming up, the one and only Eddie Olchek joins the Hockey Show. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. With Pat Boyle and Barstool Chief.
0: On the ESPN Chicago Triple Play. AM,
1: FM, and app. The Hockey Show. Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN on the Chicago, Chicago app from anywhere.
0: A hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports.
1: ESPN, ESPN Chicago. Chicago. rolling on, on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Barstool Chief. I am Pat Boyle. It's pleasure to bring in Blackhawk great. You hear him on uh, TNT, did the Blackhawks and Oilers game on Wednesday night. The one and only Eddie Olchek. How you doing
2: today, Edzo? Hey, Pete, Pete, nice to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, it was great to be back home. Uh, an exciting game the last, uh, what, seven, eight minutes of that game on uh, Wednesday between the uh, the Hawks and Oilers. But uh, always great to be back in the United Center, and I appreciate you guys having me on today.
1: And that was the uh, the second time you had been uh, on the West Side in a couple of weeks because you were there for the Marion Hossa Jersey retirement. What was it like to be a part of that? special evening with 81
2: yeah well look it was great pb to, to be back uh, at the united center and, and uh, so thankful and appreciative for for the hawks having me back and the organization and obviously uh, with marion uh, you know calling me a couple of months ago with his agent rich winter and asking me if i would uh you know um uh, you know be the MC for the night and uh, just thrilled and humbled and honored that uh, that he would think of me that way, and I'm glad we were able to uh, pull it off schedule-wise. And uh, you know, when you're down in that setting, uh, you know, right at center ice at the United Center, you know, you do, you have your role and you got your scripts and you know what the plan is supposed to be. And obviously, the Blackhawks did an amazing job as they always have with uh, events like that. You don't know how it's being. Um, broadcast or portrayed you know like what it looks like so there's always that you know yeah it felt like it went great obviously the crowd was incredible and the excitement and energy level in the Abbott Center was off the charts but you know like just how it looked going out and then when you get a chance to watch it back as i did a couple of days later uh you know I, at the end of the day uh i i you know most importantly you know for for Marion and his family and and obviously the Blackhawks and the great fans is uh you know it, 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 i think it went off without a hit uh it was it was pretty special but to be a part of it was uh was just very humbling and to see a lot of familiar faces and uh it brought back a lot of great memories obviously with that incredible run that those uh you know that those guys went on and and retiring, uh, you know, a hockey legend, not only a Blackhawk legend, but a hockey legend, Marion Olsen at number 81, sitting in the Raptors at the United Center. And, and I got a feeling that uh, he's going to get some company up there <laughs> sooner than later uh, with uh, with some of the guys that were on the ice, uh, you know, that night at honoring house. So, yeah, it was a great night, PeePee. Yeah, and I can tell you how you
0: looked. You looked like a million bucks, and it was great to to have you back. I've always described you, you know, kind of since you left, as like I I felt like Chicago, we lost our hockey dad, and it was great to have Chicago's hockey dad back in the building because I miss you. I miss you. I feel like, you know, like it's now you're like that absentee dad where it's like I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's telling me what, who who am I getting advice from. But how have you been able to – because it felt so natural here, because like, you're one of us. Have you been able to kind yeah. of develop that rapport and build that in Seattle? And what's the relationship like with the fans out there versus what you have here?
2: Yeah, well, I appreciate it, Chief. Uh, look, I, 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 you know, I said this when, when everything uh, kind of came to fruition over the course of the, you know, the summer or the end of the summer, and uh, you know, look, I, 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 mean, I miss home every day. I miss, you know, miss doing what I did for the Blackhawks for so many years, and. Uh, I always thought that I would be there, you know, but look, it's in life, you know, things happen and and, in business is what it is. And, you know, decided to go in a different direction, but um, you know, I think, you know, coming to Seattle and and obviously having some, you know, some skin in the game and blood in the game, so to speak with my brother being VP and assistant general manager here with the team and my oldest son, Eddie, uh, an amateur scout here for the last you know three years, I believe. And well, and then my son Nick, you know, coming here before I came here, and and you know, I think you know, you're trying to develop that that uh, that chemistry and and you know, in the fan base and understanding kind of how I call games and, and, and knowing that we're in a very new market here, uh, with only being in the NHL for you know, I guess just going over 100 career games in the in the so-called history of the Seattle Kraken, but. It's been, uh, it's, it's obviously challenging, but working with a lot of talented people and, and working with Johnny Forsland, uh, in the past and doing, you know, a boatload of games with him nationally was just very easy and, and, uh, you know, could do the games, you know, blindfolded just because I know his, his call and his demeanor. And, and then working with a kid like J.T. Brown who I knew, uh, you know, when he was 17, 18, trying to make his way into college hockey and then eventually into the National Hockey League and, he actually played with my oldest son Eddie in, in the USHL in Waterloo, so I mean, there's been a relationship there. So, you know, I think the chemistry has been has been pretty fast, Chief. Um, but I think to the to the fan base and the understanding, and, and just again, just trying to, you know, just kind of be one of the voices here. And you know, I'm, I'm on the docket for you know 45 ish regular season games and you know, with my TNT schedule. So, um, it's, it's worked out extremely well with, you know, it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's been a little bit of a grind, obviously with coming from Chicago because Chicago will always be home. But, um, you know, I do miss, you know, I do miss it. I mean, I do miss being at home and, and, you know, being in my, being in my old chair, so to speak, the other night in that, uh, that game on TNT, we had the, uh, we had the Blackhawk uh, broadcast booth for the game nationally between Edmonton and, and the Hawks. And, uh I I can't you know, I uh, truth be told and total transparency, I mean it the chair felt very comfortable, you <laughs> know, sitting back in that chair and, and that positioning in the booth which I sat in and, and very proud to have sat next to Pat Foley and, and Danny Kelly obviously for the first couple of years for, you know, the last what, fourteen years, whatever it was, but it was uh um you know, just you know a lot of fun being back there and uh and just trying to uh you know earn my stripes here in seattle and uh, the team's pretty entertaining here so it's been fun and the team is in a in a nice playoff position i know we're only 20 games in but it's uh you know a lot to learn and just getting to know the lay of the land and uh so it's been uh it's been fun it's been challenging but uh i'm looking forward to uh Continuing to uh, you know kind of know the fan base here a little bit better, and continue to do what I do and teach the game and and uh, and entertain because at the end of the day, that's that's the job that we hold.
1: Chicago's own Eddie Olczyk joins us on the hockey show on ESPN One Thousand. All right, we talked about you know obviously the change that you've gone through. Uh, there's a couple of uh, Blackhawk players that are. Uh, I'm certainly <laughs> thinking about what their next move might be, and I think it's appropriate that you know Patrick and Jonathan are you know in New York this this weekend. Uh, Patrick will play at Madison Square Garden tonight where you of course had the opportunity to play win a Stanley Cup with the Rangers. Uh what do you think is going through his mind here as we get closer to that March trade deadline knowing the competitor that he has and and you kn- you've known him for over 16 years and now that the production isn't where patrick's used to seeing it you know what types of things do you think he's weighing in his mind about possibly leaving the blackhawks and going to another nhl home
2: well the emotion is probably off the charts for Kaner and for johnny right like it, it there's no doubt about it of uh you know approaching and, and getting into the you know you know, the last months of their you know, their contracts with the team. But again, I mean, these guys hold the cards. I mean, they have the, you know, no movement clauses and, and really nothing Kyle can't, you know, can't do anything until, you know, these guys give the green light or the thumbs up, however you want to describe it and, and try to figure out a plan of whether or not they want to write it out and uh, and get the free agency and then see, you know, what goes from there or they decide to say, look at this is, you know, I'm thinking here, you know, A, B, and C. And again, with the salary cap makes it even more challenging. I mean, that that to me is the, you know, that's the, you know, the most important part of this is that yeah, they could say, you know, look at you know, I want to go here, I want to go there. Um, but, you know, do these, you know, do those teams or team have the flexibility and Uh, the wherewithal and to be able to, you know, go ahead and do that. Now, look at just, just because uh, any player, let alone, you know, 88 and 19 uh, would, would waive their no movement clause. I mean, the Hawks don't have to, you know, they don't have to do anything. And so there's just a lot of moving parts here, but I, it's gotta be, well, I know it's very emotional in, in conversations that I've had with, with both guys over the course of, you know, the last, you know, six months or so. But um it'll be really, you know, it'll be really interesting. I mean, look, I think any hockey person that I talk to, and again, you know, obviously the the ties to the team in the city of, you know, over the, you know, my lifetime, everybody, you know, everybody wants, you know, what do you think? You know, you know, you know, where do you think he goes? Where do you think he wants to go? Where do you think they you know? So, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you, I mean, you hear the rumors, you hear speculation, but, you know, who wouldn't want, obviously, 88, right? Now, like Johnny, I mean, you know, he's, you know, he had a really good spurt there for, you know, for a handful of weeks. He's been unbelievable in a face-off dot. Uh, you know what he brings, experience-wise, He kills some penalties. But you know, these guys hold the card, so to speak, and we'll see how it all plays out. But I think the word that comes to me, PB and Chief, is, uh, you know, very emotional because when you think about it, of you know, the long run. Uh, the incredible run, and now, you know, the so-called sand in the hourglass is, is dwindling, uh, and they hold the keys to it. And look, at, look, at, I, I believe that their legacy is already cemented. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. So whatever happens moving forward, we know the team has come out, and, you know, you know, being a small part of, you know, the, the GM search, you know, last year, uh, you know, for the team, and, and kind of knowing a little bit of, you know, what's going on and and what the mindset is and Kyle getting the job and coming out and just say, look at, you know, like this is, you know, we're, we're in a retool here, we're rebuilding and it's going to get rough for a little while, but you know, this is what we're going to do. So, you know, the players know that. And uh, now it's just a matter of trying to figure it out, put all the pieces together. And if they want to go, then the team has to decide if it's good for them. And if it isn't, then obviously if they don't go anywhere, then obviously they become, you know, Unrestricted free agents, and then see how it plays out. But that is the big. There is no doubt. There is no doubt in my mind. And just letting everybody know they're back home. I mean that that is. I think I said that opening night on TNT when I did the game between the Hawks and the Avalanche. Is that like, it's Patrick Kane first and foremost. Like that is the big story in the National Hockey League. What ends up happening with Patrick Kane over the course of the season and at the trade deadline. And uh, we'll see how it all plays out.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you and your family are, are happy and adjusted to life in Seattle. But if they ask you again what it's like leaving, can you just tell them you're miserable.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just it's the worst. You have to hire movers. Like no one, no <laughs> one likes moving. So just tell them how terrible yeah. moving is and how
2: great Chicago is, and maybe they'll resign. Well, well, the the fact of the matter is is that we all know how great Chicago is and, and the organization, and you know, look at these guys have had a hell of a run, and you know, but again, they. They they hold the keys of the camper and they can like I said, they can they they can decide some things but at the end of the day is you know whether or not the you know the organization will oblige what they want to do and then and see what happens from here. But look at like, like I, I, I don't know how you guys feel but you know they they have done everything in their will and, and really turned this helped I should say help turn this franchise around, you know, with the run that they went on and, and what they've done and how you know, a part of the fabric they become of the community, and and will always be with. It. Regardless, again, this is just one former Black Hawk talking here, and a longtime hockey guy. Like these guys will always be Blackhawks. Like at the end of the day, it really will. And yeah, you know, look at, you know, would would they love to have gone on a run here, or you know, maybe the rebuild came, you know, three or four years earlier than it it is now, or you know maybe three or four years down the road but you know for these guys yeah would they have loved to take a run and, and gotten into the second or third round of the playoffs when they knew their you know their contracts were expiring yeah but you know life isn't you know it isn't perfect um but we all know how great uh, obviously chicago is chief and the blackhawks and uh we'll we'll see how uh, we'll see how the cards are dealt and and how they're
1: played. Edzo, you'll be calling a game tonight uh, in Seattle against the Panthers. We'll be keeping an eye on Blackhawks and Rangers from MSG. I think everybody in the hockey world will also be taking a look at what's going to happen in Tampa on this night as Mitch <laughs> Marner uh, tries to set a record. Right now he's currently tied with an 18-game point streak with the great Daryl Sittler and the one and only Eddie Olchek. Have you called John Cooper and put a little money on the board for a Vasilevsky <laughs> shutout?
2: Uh, have I? No. Did I think about it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Look at it, it's been fun. I, I you know look at I mean for as long as the you know Maple Leafs Toronto Maple Leafs have been around and to have shared that uh, record with Daryl Sittler for the last thirty three years has been. Uh, very honored and very humble, Darryl. Obviously, when you think of Darryl, so you think of the Maple Leafs, and, and it's been unbelievable. But to see Mitch Marner here over the course of the last 10 days or so, you know, continuing to go up and, and getting, you know, 15-16 and then, you know, getting the empty net goal on, on Wednesday night and, uh, you know, and then tying uh, both Darryl and I and sitting at number 18. So uh, it's uh, – it's been really fun i mean it's been nice to reminisce and i think for me selfishly it's been like you know i just tell my kids and you know and, and some other you know close friends it's like you know i I just haven't always been a broadcaster or a guy that's done video <laughs> games you know? like i did I, I did play back in the day day and you I haven't always for been a, a hockey dad for, for for a couple of weeks and uh So, yeah, it's been fun to watch and, uh, you know, look at records are meant to be broken and uh, I'm proud of that record and always will be and look at, I hope, I hope Mitch Marner gets the 19 because when you really think about it, when you just think about like the Maple Leafs and hockey, you know, like I would put them up there obviously with the Hawks and the the Montreal Canadiens, like, you know, when you do talk about baseball, you always think about the Yankees, right, and and I think that when, when you can have a record like that or share it or however you want to describe it, um, it means a lot. But I know selfishly for me it's been nice to go down uh, memory lane. And then just real quick, like when my streak stopped, or the New York Islanders stopped it, and it stopped at 18. I was reminded the other day is that right after that I went on another six-game heater, and then the <laughs> two games following where the streak stopped, I had a four-point game against Calgary, and I had a three-point game against St. Louis, and I sit back and go, how in the hell did I not just get one point in that island game <laughs> yeah. and then just you know go on a run? But uh, you know it, it brings back a lot of memories and it's been a lot of fun. And maybe it's the number. You know I wore sixteen in yeah. Toronto, so maybe it's the sixteen with Mitch Marner. So maybe he uh, maybe he turns that six and flips it upside down and gets the nine and he gets the nineteen and he holds the record. So I'm wishing him well, but uh, it's nice to be on that same line with both those guys.
1: Well, we appreciate your time. We love you here in Chicago. You'll always be Chicago's hockey dad, and uh, we look forward to talking to you down the road.
2: Right back at you guys. All the best, and hey, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody. And I'll look forward to uh, being back in the United Center. And uh, I think it's in the first couple of weeks of January. I think the crack in our town, so I'll get another, i get an, another, uh, and I get another home game at the UC. So thanks for having me, guys, and uh, all the best.
1: That's Eddie Olczyk joining us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We'll back back to wrap things up after this.
0: You're listening to The, the Hockey,
1: Hockey Show. Show
0: on Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN
2: 1000, 100.3 HD2 and the ESPN Chicago app.